Well, it's time for the word, everyone. And again, we just praise God for this opportunity to share a word with you. And I trust that as the word is being shared, it will encourage you, that we're here to inspire you, to encourage you, and to really help you to move uh, further and grow in your faith. So today, uh, I have a word as I was just uh, meditating and uh, sharing uh, with my, my family over the, the Thanksgiving holidays. Um, I was just thinking about how God has been so good. But also, I've been thinking that holiday time is not a good time for everybody. That sometimes it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult because um, during this time where it should be a real festive time, we are dealing with so much difficulties, so much struggles, uh, so much uncertainty. So I trust that this word is going to bless you today. You want to make sure that you take some notes, get maybe a pad of paper, or if you have something to write down your notes on, or if you can get the app, of course, you can use that to take notes today. Uh, because we want to share a word for, from, from the scriptures. And we're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. It's a very familiar passage of scripture that you may have read before. But if you haven't read it before, this is going to be a wonderful time uh, that we're going to share something that I believe will help all of us. Reading from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7, it says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know uh, that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for an empty jars and don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into the jars. And as each is filled, put one aside. And she left him and shut the door behind her and the sons. And they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. So she went and told the man of God and said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on what is left. I want to speak to you on the subject of titled Moving from Empty to extraordinary, moving from empty to extraordinary. Uh, my last message that I, that I spoke to you on was, was about moving, uh, keeping moving, and keep going forward. Uh, but, but I want to, to talk to you today that when we're moving, you know, we're going from one place to another. And we, sometimes we could start off in a very empty place. The coronavirus, uh, in all the quarantines that I've happened and are happening. Uh, there are also shortages and prolonged things that are causing much lack. We're, we have to stay distant from our loved ones. We are told that you shouldn't travel. There are limitations to day-to-day -day life. Our jobs have limitations on them. Uh, some have been furloughed. Some actually have been laid off. And there's a lot of economic uncertainty. 
Some have canceled vacations. Um, and of course, ultimately, some folks have taken very ill, and some, unfortunately, have died. And so all of this is taking its toll. And the fear and frustration has now entered in to many homes and to many lives and many businesses. And the reserves of folks are just actually being depleted. I was watching on the news, and they're saying that we don't have much reserves left to really handle this new wave that's coming even during the wintertime. And so people are very frustrated on one hand, very uncertain on another hand, and very fearful as well. So then despair comes in and says, what do we do? Well, we, we, we have to try to do our best. And we pray that there will be vaccines that are released and that will actually work so that we actually can somehow see ourselves going the upswing and get out of this pandemic. When it comes to this passage of scripture and we talk about moving from emptiness to extraordinary or moving from empty to extraordinary, um, this has left a lot of people empty in this season. Um, as I was sitting around the, the table during Thanksgiving, um, Thanksgiving was just different. And it was different because um, some of my relatives that were there last year of course, they're not here this year. Um, some could not be here, be, be at the dinner because uh, they wanted to make sure that they were safe. And that was important to me as well. But others have died. And so it was very different. It was very different. And, and the difference was I was trying to put my finger on it. What, what's, what was really different? Well, there was kind of periods in a sense of emptiness. When you're looking around the table and you would kind of see um, just, oh yeah, if they were here, this is where they would be sitting. If they were here, this is where that person would be sitting. But there was just an empty chair. And so when we see this time that we're in, it brings a lot of empty feelings. This passage, passage here, it, there's a key word that's here, and it's about empty. It's about empty. It starts off with an emptiness. So when we look at this passage, I want to share some things with you about how this woman goes from an empty place to an extraordinary place. So when we look at this passage, we can see, first of all, that this woman suffered some really hard, difficult times and moments in her life. First of all, she, the passage opens up where she's a widow. She, she tells this, this prophet, the prophet Elisha, that her husband who served Elisha, he dies. We don't know how, why he dies or how he dies, but she's a young woman with children. So she has a loss of relationship, and, and she probably has some dreams with her, with her husband of really growing old and doing life together and seeing their sons grow up and seeing their sons get married and seeing their sons uh, do, do things in life and enjoying their family. But now, at this point, that dream has now kind of gone away because he dies. We don't know why, but she has that lost relationship. She has a loss of income because, you know, Back in those days, 
He was actually the breadwinner. Husbands actually went out and, and earned the bread. They went out and made the money. And so to lose your husband, you're actually going to lose your income. I mean, they had no special government programs. They had no special types of, of access to resources where she could actually receive some type of income or some type of help financially. Pretty much, you're destitute. So now she comes into this place where, in just kind of one moment, her husband dies, but also it impacts her finances. And to make matters worse, her husband owed some debts. And you know, when you owe some debts and you don't have the money to pay, that certainly brings some stress. She can't pay the debts. And, and you know, in this time, you have uh, what they call debt collectors or collection agencies that if we owe a debt and we don't pay, they'll, they'll put you in a collections agency. And the collection agency, they, they'll call you and you can look at the caller ID. And if you don't know the call, you don't have to answer the call. And so when it comes to collection agencies, they also have rules by which they have to abide by where they're not to call you at certain times of the night and, or on your job. They, they have to have some boundaries on how they deal with those who owe debts. But it seems here they have no boundaries at all. She says, Elisha, they are coming. The creditors are coming. And they're coming to take away my sons. They're coming to take away my children. So not only is she at a loss with her husband, her income, but now she's looking at losing her future. And do you know, when you start to go into all these, these, uh, these losses as this woman had, it's, it's certainly empty. It's an empty feeling when you lose your, your loved one. It's an empty feeling when you don't have any money. It's an empty feeling when you owe more money and you just don't have it. And you could lose things just because you don't have it. So here it is, she's, she's lost. I call it the domino deficits. And these domino deficits are not something that she did uh, or, or it was her fault. It somehow came upon her suddenly. And I want to talk to someone here today that you might be experiencing some domino deficits. Some things that have happened and things that are happening in your life that's really causing you to, to feel really empty. Now the thing about this emptiness a lot of people feel, have feelings of emptiness, and they go through these struggling times, even some of these just like this woman, but they try to somehow cope with it by drinking, using substances. They're trying to fulfill it with entertainment. They're trying to do everything they can to just really escape the emptiness that they're feeling. But I want to share with you that, you know, why she's in this place, God has something in mind for her to say, you know, this woman is not just going to stay in this empty place. God cares about the emptiness of our hearts and the emptiness of our souls and the emptiness that we feel, especially when we have some domino deficits. And so here's this powerful prophet who represents the Lord, and his name is Elisha. His, his name means the Lord is my salvation. That you know when God steps in with his salvation, he just doesn't save our souls, but he saves our lives. So Elisha, who uh, was very uh, acquainted with her husband, 
Because again, her husband served him. The Bible says that Elisha has some questions for her. So the first point is that she starts off in emptiness, but the second point is this, is that Elisha asks her a question, how, how, how can I help you? How can I help you? Elisha was, wanted to be of assistance to, to her dilemma, to her loss, to her emptiness. And so the second point is that he encouraged her. And, you know, encouragement is different from empathy because empathy, of course, is when you feel what a person feels. He didn't just uh, give her sympathy because sympathy, we said, you know, that's just, a, just, that's just a really tough break that you got. Your husband dies. You, you're in a position where you lost your income and, and now you're going to have your sons going to slavery to pay that debt. Boy, that's too bad. I'll pray for you. No, that's not what, Eli, that's not what Elisha did. What he, what he did, he encouraged her. And, and basically, he put the, some courage back into her. Do you know that when you experience some domino deficit, some things that have pulled some things away from you, some losses that have made you feel empty, you, you really need to be encouraged. Encouragement puts the courage back in you. And this encouragement was to stimulate her to activity, to stimulate her to be active and to not wallow in what she lost, but to actually look forward to what she could use. How many of you need some encouragement at times? I know I do. Even in this moment that we're in right now, there's a lot of people around you. They may not say that they need encouragement, but you can just look at them and see how empty they are and how they have seem like they have lost some things. And, and when you lose things, it, it certainly brings that empty feeling, and we need that encouragement. And if you don't have anybody to encourage you, I want you right now to just encourage yourself in the Lord. I remember when David, when David came, came upon a very difficult moment, and he came to a place where he lost his wives and burned down, their, burned down his houses, and, and he came to a point where he was just devastated, but the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. I want to, to just let you know that there are times when you're going to get encouragement from people, but when you don't, don't just sit there, encourage yourself in the Lord. Play some music, worship God, give him praise, read scripture, listen to music, listen to a word from the Lord, because that will bring courage back into your heart. But not only did he encourage her, but he called her to a place where she could see something different. And here's the question that he asked her. The second question is, he says in verse 2, Elisha then replies to her. After he asked her, can I help you? How can I help you? He said, well, tell me what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? She says, I don't have anything in my house. Remember, I, I'm, it's, it's empty in here. But, I, but on second thought, um, I do have a little bit of oil, just a small jar of olive oil. That's all I have. And what Elisha is calling her to do, here's the point. He's calling her to explore her options. Do, do you realize that 
She didn't realize what she had in her house could actually bring her out of this emptiness. She had some oil. She did have something. Do you know that you do have something? And sometimes we overlook what we have left because we are mourning about what has gone away. Do you know in this, in this season, there's a lot of things that have seemed to have gone away. And I know that we're wishing and hoping for the recovery of those things that have gone away during the last 10 months. But afraid to tell you that there are some things that will not return back because it's gone. It's a loss. And there's going to be emptiness. And there's going to be sorrow. But yet, if we look towards the future and we explore. See, when you go on exploring, um, you start to travel. I, I don't know if you like to travel. You know, traveling is wonderful. I, I believe that once we're back to some space where we can actually really travel, people were traveling even though they were told not to travel. Can you imagine when everybody gets to travel again? I mean, planes are going to be flying everywhere, and, and uh, there's going to be a whole lot of people that are going to be going all different places, kinds of places. They're going to renew their travel plans. Travel agents are going to be busy again because people just want to travel. People just want to go. But you know what? This woman wasn't going to travel on a vacation. She had to travel in her house. Do you know what I mean by traveling in your house? She had to learn what it meant to explore new opportunities right where she was. Perhaps what the Lord is calling you to do right now, rather than looking at what you lost, he's saying, you know, have you ever explored some opportunities that I have put right in front of you? Maybe it's time for you to explore some, some things regarding to even advance your education. Perhaps you need to explore a new hobby. Perhaps you need to explore some new creative things that will bring some joy to your heart. He calls her to explore. And when we explore things, we, it's about learning. It's about finding something fresh and new, even in the midst of where we are. And so this question that she's asked, this question of what, uh, tell me what you have in a house, was to change her focus, to get her to explore new ideas. And, and I, and I believe that God is going to give you some new ideas. He wants to give you some new creativity. And he wants to give you something that you can now get your focus on again. Because God doesn't want you to stay in a place of emptiness. He wants to take you to a place of extraordinary. But Elisha wasn't finished. She said, you know, now that you discovered that this, this, you have some oil in your house, well, let me empower you, empower you. You know, empowerment is what she needed. She just didn't need to explore. Once she found the, the oil, now she needed to know what to do with it. He said, you know, I'm going to empower you to, to make something out of this situation that you probably didn't even know could happen. 
He says, here's what you do. Verse 3, he says, go, and you want to ask all your neighbors and get these empty jars, and you, you, you want to go inside your house then, and once you get all these empty jars, and, and make sure that when you get the empty jars, don't just ask for one. Ask for as many as you can get. Ask for as many as you can. Um, and so she asked for as many, as many as she could get. He said, go in there and shut the door. And when you go in there, I want you to take that little bit of oil that you have explored and found it valuable. And I want you to keep pouring it. I want you to pour it in every jar. And I want you to keep pouring. I want you to keep pouring. I want you to keep pouring. Now, can, can, do you know that there, there are times in our lives where we have to now put some work and put some effort into what God wants us to do? Do you know she's about ready to get a miracle? And, and, and I could see where Elisha would uh, probably thought, well, maybe what I should do is, since she doesn't have any money, and since, I, I, after all, her husband was a servant, he served me, maybe I should take up a collection. And maybe I should make a donation to her children. Maybe I should start a foundation to help her. He said, no, 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 because that's not going to get her to extraordinary. You see, sometimes we want other people to do the work for us. And it takes away from the abilities that God has invested in us to be empowered to do what he has called us to do. She would never have been empowered if Elisha would said, hey, I'll just take care of everything. It's the old saying that if you catch the fish for someone, they'll eat for a day. But if you teach them how to fish, they can eat for a lifetime. What is he doing? He's empowering her. He's, he's actually saying to her, you know, you have something that if you put, to work, put this to work, it will actually bring you some extraordinary results. So when you get these vessels, I want you to keep pouring. I want you to keep pouring. Somebody, somebody put in the chat box, keep pouring, keep pouring. You, you, may, you may think that what you're doing will never work, but I just want to encourage you to keep pouring. Keep pouring. Keep pouring into those vessels. Keep pouring into those vessels. Which brings me to our next point is that he wanted her to grow in her capacity and to be enlarged and to grow and to, and to actually experience tremendous increase. I believe that God wants you to experience tremendous increase. You may say, well, how is that going to happen? Well, you know what? That's why it's God working through you. It's trusting God. It's really obeying his voice. She comes into the extraordinary. She's, she's heading there. She's not there yet. She's heading there because now she's ready to be enlarged. In verse 5, it says, she left him and shut the door behind her son. She did exactly what, what, he, what Elisha told her to do. And, she, and they brought the jars to her, and she just kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, he says, oh, there's not another jar left. And you notice that the oil stopped flowing. The reason why the oil stops flowing is because the capacity is already full. There's no more capacity. There was no more vessels. God is not about to waste 
his oil or his resources. And so he, he wants us as, as believers to recognize that he's not a wasteful God. See, to be wasteful is to be called prodigal. The reason why you read about the prodigal son and the reason why it was so devastating to the father because he had so much, but he wasted it. God is not desiring that we waste anything. He doesn't waste any experiences that we have. He wants to use it all for his glory. And so even in this moment, as she is pouring and she's pouring and she's pouring, she's asking for vessels because she's seeing a miracle before her eyes. The extraordinary is, being, is happening before her eyes. But then it stops because capacity was an issue. Well, how do we stretch our capacity? How do we grow in our capacity? Well, Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, I don't have time to read it, but you can read that on your own. And it talks about the, the stewardship of, of a mas master who, who gave these bags of gold, and they were, had to be good stewards over the, the money that they, were, they received, the talents that they received. And it came down to the point where that if you are faithful with the few things that you get, God said, I will make you ruler over many things. Well, what do you mean? That as long as I'm faithful and I keep pouring and I, and, I, and I keep faithful, God has a way of multiplying and stretching and growing my capacity. You see, sometimes we, don't, we, we wonder why someone has a lot more than we have because we kind of like, well, well what, what's wrong with me? How, co how come they got more than what I have? Well, maybe it's because they kept pouring and you stopped. Maybe you didn't have enough vessels to pour in. Maybe you stopped collecting and, and growing in your capacity. You know, what is your capacity? What is your potential? And we should all be, be, be rising to the point where you say, God, I want you to develop me so that I come into my full potential. Because if you're faithful in the things that he's called you to do now, prepare yourself for promotion because there's more to come. And so here is the extraordinary. Here's what we call the beyond, the beyond usual. To be extraordinary means to actually go beyond the norm. And verse 7 says that she went and told the man of God and and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live off the rest. What does that really say to us? That she started off in emptiness, but she ended up as an entrepreneur. She ended up as a businesswoman that not only could sell the oil that she had, she not only sold the oil that she had, but she also had enough resources to pay off all the debts so her, her children didn't have to go into slavery. But she had enough to live off of for the rest of her days. Do you realize that's extraordinary? Do you realize that God will bring us into abundant places if we're willing, if we are willing to not stay in our emptiness, but we will encourage ourselves and we will have the strength the strength that we need to, to develop what he has given to us, that we would explore new opportunities and, and that we would become a person to enlarge and to understand that, you know, this is a time 
when God wants to bring not simply the usual, but the extraordinary. See, what God is saying to us today, that just as Elisha was with that young lady, that woman, that widow, the salvation that he has promised us, the salvation that he has given to us is right here with us as well. Today, I know that God has a wonderful plan for all of our lives. He has a beautiful plan for all of our lives. And perhaps you're feeling very empty right now. Maybe you're at a place in your life where you had some domino deficits. But God wants to bring you into a new place of encouragement, put the courage in you to explore. He wants to give you this opportunity to to go out and get out from where you are, to be empowered and to be enlarged and to experience the extraordinary. So I'm going to pray. I want to pray right now that you would actually see yourself walking in that place with that woman, this woman, who couldn't see in the beginning how it was going to work out. But yet here she is, debt-free and living off the rest because God brought the extraordinary to pass. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this this word today, Father. I, I know there are those who are listening to me today, Father, who are experiencing some really deep levels of emptiness. Father, I pray they would not try to fill it with alcohol, drugs, entertainment, gambling, or whatever that might be. But I pray, Lord, that they would realize, Lord, that you have a salvation that brings us into the extraordinary. So, Lord, I pray today that all of us, Lord, at times when we feel this emptiness, we would encourage ourselves, we would explore, we would find new opportunities, we would be creative, we'll put our hands to the plow and work, we'll be empowered. And we thank you, Father, for bringing out the results of extraordinary. In Jesus' name, amen. Perhaps you're listening to me and you don't know the Lord Jesus. We're excited that you're here. And if you want to know him personally, I want to let you know that he is the God of the extraordinary. He's the God that fulfills our life. Certainly you're going to have troubles. You're going to have trials. I can truly say that just because you got Jesus doesn't mean you're not going to experience some storms. But it's one thing to have a crisis, and it's another thing to have Christ in your crisis. So I'd like to pray with you. If you want to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, pray these words with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I thank you for coming. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross, being buried, and also rising from the dead. Lord, forgive me of my sins. I come to you. I pray, Lord, that you would live in my life, that I would also live for you. Thank you, Lord, Father, for sending your son to give us salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, God bless you. You said that prayer and you meant it from your heart and you confessed that prayer. I, I, I want to just let you know that we are so glad and we want to welcome you into the family of God. And so if you would, I want you to text SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to this number, 833-300-0670. And we'll do all we can to help you to grow in this wonderful relationship we have with Jesus. If you need prayer, we always want to know, let you know that we are a church of prayer. We are a house of prayer. And uh, we desire to pray for you and to pray with you. And so if you desire prayer today, we'll be praying. Uh, right, right, right after we uh, close this broadcast, we'll be live praying. There will be somebody be on Zoom to meet you. The, the actual uh, link is in your chat box. And so you can actually go right, up, right there and you can be prayed with and prayed for. But if you'd like to text your prayer, you can text it to 833-300-0670, and you can text prayer. Text prayer to that number, and we also will pray for and with you. Well, have a great day, everyone. God bless you, and thank you so much for listening to the Word of God.